8 o'clock, hour 2. On a B-team edition of the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye boy, baked goods with you here on a Monday morning. And it is the 8 o'clock hour. It's the Country Financial Hour. Preston Lee at Country Financial believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat. Let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Give him a Googling at Preston Lee Country Financial. Com. You're good, you're bad, and the ugly. We have one from Robert on the Chick-fil-A team phone line, 970-242-1340. The good, the reaction to the Wildcats after the Sun Devils won on a long last-second shot, Arizona-Arizona State. No one crying at center court. Instead, was the last-second lucky shot. What could anyone do? Eh, yeah, you know. It's a way to, that's a good way to handle things. Uh, the bad, Joel Embiid's long last shot not counting at the end of his game. Perfectly honest, didn't see it. Uh, the ugly, the Broncos not hiring a zero. I dread the future with Peyton and Joseph having a grand day team. Well, as a fan of the Lions, the Packers, and the Jets, Robert, you might be in an all right future going forward. Right. Or if he's a fan of the Broncos, too. I, not, I can't keep it straight. Uh, Marty on the Chick-fil-A team line. Aren't the Rockies announcers on AT&T employed by the team anyway? I always figured that's why Drew Goodman was always blowing sunshine up our knickers when he should have been calling someone out for horrible play. That might be a good point, too, actually. I don't know if they're necessarily employed by the team or employed independently because I know some of the people do stuff for other ventures. Right. And I know, like, Jenny Kavnar does Mountain West uh, basketball with both men and women. So I'm not entirely certain how that comes to play. I know Drew Goodman has done like football randomly for mm-hmm. like I don't know if it's Mountain West or yeah. I or, hear him in like a Fresno State UNLV game every once in a while, right. or New Mexico at Utah State or something like that. Somewhere. So like I don't know exactly how that works. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jack and Jerry are not necessarily independent they're not employed by koa but they work on k i'm not like i have no idea how that works like i know when mike rice our friend was doing the rockies games he was a koa employee that worked for that did rockies games for koa so i'm not entirely certain exactly what the relationship is but i know it's not just the i know it's not like altitude where they are employed by the same company that owns the team Right. Right. So, speaking of yes. Rockies baseball, uh, I don't know if we've mentioned Today on the Team Sports Network. I was going to say, today, oh, yeah. 1255. Yep. Spring training baseball. Against the maybe soon-to-be Las Vegas Athletics. Yes. Which would be now a one, two, three times a thrice-moved baseball team if that happens. Started in Philadelphia to Kansas City to Oakland. And then to Las Vegas. Like the Raiders. There a thrice-moved team to leave Oakland. So there you go. Oakland to L.A. Oakland back to, to Oakland. Oakland to LV. And then now LV. Yep. And then it would just be the NBA. I don't know the likelihood of the A's going to Vegas. Although, if they do, that would be... I would like it. I would enjoy it. I would probably try to take in a baseball game. 
on my uh, usually once yearly trips to Vegas. Right. Especially if we can work it out to when the Guardians come in. Now that the balanced schedule is back. So, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's coming up today. Rockies A's 12.55 pregame coverage, which for spring training baseball, pregame is essentially, this is my name, here's his name, here's the nine, and the first pitch. And here we go. Which is perfect because it shortens it up a little bit. Uh, Baseball, first games on the diamond this weekend with the new pitch clock, the new rules, Manny Machado already... Uh, perpetually in an 0-1 hole now because he violates the batter's portion of the pitch clock. Um, had the walk-off win with the pitch clock violation with the Red Sox the other day. I know people are like, see? I mean, spring training games are one thing. I'm not entirely certain uh, the regular season games are going to go like that. Right, Because you're going to have your C.B. Bucknors who think everybody is there to watch him umpire and a baseball game just breaks out. You know what I mean? Right. Which kind of happened over the weekend anyway. But you're going to have some of those. You're going to have instances to where they violate. But that's, you know, how many times have we seen it in the NFL? A delay of game or a false start pushes you out of field goal range. You try a longer kick, you miss it, and you lose. It's not frequent, but it happens. If you are delaying the game, then you're delaying the game. And this is not a, a, you know, editorializing on the pitch clock. Right. I don't mind it. I'm not a, you know, purist. Like, it's an untimed game. You know, to, I've seen comment sections. Again, we talked about comment sections the last hour. Kind of the cesspool of the internet. Right. To where people are like, I've paid my hundreds of dollars to go to the game. I want it to last all day. Well, that's great. Good for you, pal. Not everybody wants it to last all day. You know, you get to extra innings. It's like, oh, now we got to speed up the game with the California speed up rule. Now they're trying to avoid, one, getting there. Two, they're trying to avoid a four-hour game turning into a five-hour game. Right. They're now trying to make it two and a half into three, which I'm fine with. Because my problem all was not not only that the California speed up rule is not baseball, which it's not, but the ghost runner thing, if you're unfamiliar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My issue is they weren't trying to speed up the game until it's already nine innings old. Now it's gotta move faster. Which now we can't be here all night, which doesn't make any sense to me. It just it feels it feels rushed. Like yeah. you, like you saw the problem, which was games are either not necessarily too long, but mm-hmm. they're paced so poorly. Pacing is all about just that, pacing. If you're going to have this slow buildup to the ninth inning and then you get to the extras, oh, God, we got to speed everything up, mm-hmm. that's horribly paced. It's dumb to look at, wow, baseball games are averaging three hours and whatever minutes. we got to speed this up somehow. Let's put a runner at second in the 10th inning. Here we go. Okay, what about the four-hour Yankees games that don't get to the 10th because Josh Donaldson is taking 45 seconds to tighten his batting gloves and adjust whatever else three times before he punches out on four pitches? Right. Like, what are what are we doing? Why are we doing this? You like, know, this doesn't make any bleeping sense because 
Oh, we're four. We're four hours in. Let's get this. Let's get this extra innings over. What if you don't go to extra innings and the game's still four hours? Well, uh, you know, tradition and untimed. Blah, and blah, 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 blah. Blah. I don't. I don't care about the pitch yeah, clock. The, the the nerd in me is about to come out here. So brace yourself. Sure. The movie Avengers Endgame is a three-hour-long movie, but it was a three-hour, well-paced movie mm-hmm. that kept me engaged the entire time. Baseball. God love it. Diehard Rockies fan. Yep. But there are times where a three-hour game, you're just kind of, I mean, even even at times where I'm at the ballpark on the very rare and mm-hmm. fun occasions where I get to go, you know, see my friends, I'm I'm not always engaged. Right. And you make a great, a great point with the nerd movies, and I'm going to expand on it here in a minute, but... I don't mind a three-and-a-half-hour baseball game if it's a good game. Mm-hmm. If it's, you know, Scherzer versus DeGrom. I know they were on the same team last year, but they're not now. Or if it's Kershaw against Scherzer, and it's a one nothing game. That's usually not going to go three-and-a-half hours. That's usually two-and-a-half-hour area if right. the starting pitcher's dominant. Or if it's a back-and-forth slugfest, I don't mind 11-10. to 10. But if it's like nine to two, that three and a half hour game probably sucked unless your team won. Now, baseball was like baseball now with the pitch clock is trying to get your Avengers movie, right? Right. Beforehand it was the Batman. Three hours long with you get to the two forty five mark and you're like, crap, we gotta wrap this up. We took way too long. In the first 245, going through this entire backstory in darkness with a whispering, shiny vampire Batman. Now we got to wrap this up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. That's what the California speed up rule was to me. Now, I like, I still don't like the California speed up rule. I hate it less because at least now, from play ball. To the end of the game, they're trying to move it along. Right. I still don't like it because that's not baseball. Why teams don't just bunt the guy to third and then put a ball in play to score him in the top in top half of the inning to put pressure on the home team? I have no idea. You got a guy at second? Well, is he going to steal? Oh hell no! We're going to try to blast him home. Two run dinger. Why? What are we doing here? Score runs. Make the get the game over. Come on. Okay. Anyway, that's. Some pontificating about baseball. We'll do even more coming up uh, a little bit later on, but it is time right now to go. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. Yes, we go around the NFL, and the Denver Broncos have hired some new coaches. Yeah, they have. And they've even told us some names. Shocker. Heck yeah, so now your uh, people like Eric Goodman going to be a little uh, more pleased about the coaching staff for the Denver Broncos. John Morton named his pass game coordinator. Kerry Colbert is wide receivers coach. Some of these you've already known. Right. Uh, Declan Doyle is tight ends coach. Zach Streif. Uh, Streif? Streif? Zach S. S. as offensive line coach. Uh, Joe Lombardi as your offensive coordinator. I believe that is the grandson of Vince Lombardi. It is. 
hey, there you go. So NFL championships way back in his lineage. Defensive coordinator is Vance Joseph. Greg Minuski is the inside linebackers coach. Michael Wilhoyt as outside linebackers coach. Marcus Dixon as D-line coach. Christian Parker as D-backs coach. Uh, Mike Westhoff is assisting head coach. Ben Kutwitka is special teams coordinator. Chris Banjo is the assistant special teams coach. We'll work with Westhoff and Kutwitka on the special teams. Dan Dalrymple is head strength and conditioning coach. Corey Jones as assistant strength and conditioning coach. Paul Kelly is the Broncos assistant to the head coach, not assistant head coach. That would be Mike Westhoff. That's Mike Westhoff, assistant to the head coach. So he's cord holder, coffee getter guy for uh, clipboard Sean grabber. Hayden. And when he spikes it, because Russell Wilson overthrew his receiver. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, he's going to track down the clipboard and the whole thing. Lombardi was recently the Chargers offense coordinator for the last two years. 12 seasons with the Saints as an offensive assistant and quarterbacks coach with a stint uh, in there as the offensive coordinator for Detroit Lions. He's also an Air Force graduate, so he's, you know, been to Colorado once or twice. Uh, Vance Joseph's back as the defensive coordinator. Helped Arizona to a pair of top 15 scoring defenses and top 10 passing defenses. 18 years of NFL experience, five as an NFL defensive coordinator, plus two years as the head coach of the Broncos. So there you go. There's some of the Broncos staff being hired. And uh, the staff is rounded out. What is that now? 16 coaches uh, to the staff to round out the Broncos coaching staff. So now we can all whew, exhale that all these coaches <laughs> have uh, been named. Anybody really jump out at you there that's like, yeah. hey, you know, uh, other one, than Vance Joseph? The one, and we talked about it on Friday. Jim kind of had to talk me off the ledge a little bit. Oh. Uh, Davis Webb. Oh, yes. Assistant to the quarterback's coach or something. No, he is the quarterback oh, coach. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now, there is argument to be made that in the long history of perpetual backup quarterbacks who became coaches in the league, mm-hmm. there's some good names. I know you don't like him, but Harbaugh is one of them. He was a terrible quarterback in the league. as a, uh, He was a backup, mostly. He was... Continue on while I get some Harbaugh numbers. He, But I think Generally, we would agree that he was that he's been a better coach than he's been a quarterback. Yes, you know, uh, I mean, Sean Payton, he was a backup quarterback, now as head coach, and he's had more success as a head coach than he ever did as a quarterback. Yes. So Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett, you know, same kind of thing with Davis Webb, same kind of thing. He's always been a career backup. Could mean he's going to be a good head, a good coach, quarterbacks coach, coordinator someday, yada, yada, sure, fine. Mm-hmm. But what set me in the path of loop-de-loop, crazy, cake lost his mind Friday is just that he was backup to Daniel Jones. Yeah, he couldn't beat Daniel Jones out for a job. That's, that's a problem. And... You know, 
go be a quarterback's coach. Go be a, an offensive quality control in like you know at like the collegiate level or mm-hmm. or even quality control to elevate him from backup quarterback to Daniel Jones all the way to quarterback's coach of a team that has a $245 million quarterback on its roster that played like garbage last year. Just, it it's it's a move that I just, I'm like, what are we doing? He's a heartbeat away from being an OC. Mm-hmm. A high-ranking, and I know he's only 28. That's the thing I think that probably bothered me the most is that we're practically the same age, and here he is getting quarterbacks coach. That should bother me more. Well, either way. And you know what? I I do understand some of your points. Now, when it comes to big, dumb khaki pants, the only reason I don't like him is because he's the head coach of the team I hate the the most. The most visceral hatred ever. Jim Harbaugh, for the Bears, over the course of two seasons, went 21-9. and Two playoff appearances for the Bears. Okay. He took the very poor Colts to a playoff, and they were a whisker away from beating the Chargers the year the Chargers went to the Super Bowl. There was a Hail Mary that just didn't quite get completed, if my memory is correct. He had a passer rating that year over 100. He was top five in MVP voting in 1995. He's eight games under 500, but also... For the aforementioned San Diego Chargers in 2000, he went 0-5 before hanging him up. So, I mean, he's right around 500. He was on some not very good teams, including the 97 Indianapolis Colts the year before the Sheriff. He went 2-9. Then he was 5-7, 6-6 on not very good Ravens and Chargers teams. He's got more touchdowns than interceptions. Got over 26,000 yards as a quarterback. So Harbaugh is not a terrible starting quarterback in the NFL. He was pretty good. Davis Webb, not a great starting quarterback. 0 for 1 all time. But he has more touchdowns and interceptions in his career with a career rating of 75.8 because he only threw 40 passes in his career. That's the thing for me. And it's like, quarterback coach, really? Yeah. So he's the guy that Jay Keeps is going to be telling Russ, don't listen to any of what he says. Essentially, right? Maybe. So, yeah, I just, that one is kind of, hmm, Davis, oh, didn't he just get done playing? That's the other thing. It's like if you're just going to get done playing and work your way to become a head coach or, or just a coach in general, mm-hmm. why not go somewhere like, you know, Go coach at the collegiate level. Go coach or be a, a low rung. Because, like, of all the position coaches mm-hmm. on an NFL coaching staff, quarterbacks coach a pretty high-level position coach that, like, it, it, it seems rushed. It seems to me a little rushed to bring Davis Webb in as the QB coach. We will see. Again, cleats have to hit the field first before I can make any final determination. Here's my theory. Oh, boy. This is your number one first out-the-door scapegoat if Russ doesn't have a good season. Fair enough. Because you can't fire Jake Heaps because he doesn't work for you. You can just keep him out of the building. 
I just, just change the code every week. That one for me is like, really? I even understand Vance Joseph more that's, than Davis Webb. That's what I'm saying. Now, there are some quarterbacks in the league that were really good that have transitioned. Like you mentioned, I think that I don't think he's bad quarterback to good coach, Jim Harbaugh. Like Byron Leftwich. He's yeah. had a solid coaching career after a pretty decent playing career. You know, some of the other guys, not sure how it's going to go. Excuse me, not sure how it's going to go for some of the other guys. But Davis Webb is going to have more wins as quarterback's coach for the Broncos than he had as quarterback for anybody. Let's hope. He better. <laughs> and he better by 1st of October. Because he's got the big squadoosh as a as a player. Right. So you hope he doesn't Vic Fangio it out the door, Sean Payton, because that that's not gonna go well. There will be riots. There will be pitchforks and torches wandering down Arapaho Road, blocking things up as you're trying to get in and out of the Nissan dealership and the Dickies barbecue and the McDonald's down there right. and Top Golf. It's just gonna be a mess down in the tech center as you try to get to the Valley to fire Sean Payton if he makes it to October without a win. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. And then you do that. Then next year, the Waltons may fire somebody at halftime of the season opener if it doesn't go well. Because that trigger finger is getting twitchier and twitchier. Mighty itchy. Yes. Uh, there are some players available, though, because the salary cap cuts are coming right around the corner. One of the surprising names, um, speaking of... Jim Harbaugh, big dumb khaki pants is uh, Michigan Wolverines. Taylor Luan was uh, cut by the Titans. That was the surprise one for me. Yeah, he uh, he gone. Bobby Wagner signed a big old honking deal with the uh, Los Angeles Rams, and now he's no longer a Ram. Uh, Michael that Walker. One, that one doesn't shock me. Eh, not not it's, as much. It's a cap casualty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy Bullock, since I know there were some Bronco fans on Twitter blaming all the struggles on Brandon McManus. So Randy Bullock is out there and available, too, if you want to go uh, that route for some of your free agent uh, availabilities, roster cuts for uh, the cut down to get under the salary cap. So there you go. That is uh, around the NFL. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get into some more baseball as we roll through your 8 o'clock hour, the Country Financial Hour, presented by uh, Country Financial Preston Lee at Country Financial Believes in Building Relationships, Supporting the Community, Serving Others. Have a chat. Let him help you protect things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. Uh, Real quick, before we go to break, should we play uh, the number game? Oh, you know what? Let's indeed play the number game. Let's play the number game on the Jim Davis Show. Yes, first correct answer on the Chick-fil-A team line, 970-242-1340. Gets a delicious case of Coors Original. You have to chill it yourself, though. It'll, it comes at room temperature. But once it is chilled, it is very delicious. Yes, once your mountains turn blue. Mm. Oh, no, that's the light. Sorry. You'll get the gold cans, the Coors Original. Good stuff. All right, last night, Nikola Jokic recorded his 99th triple-double, most ever by a center in NBA history and did so with a line of 40 points, 17 boards, 10 assists. How many times has Nikola Jokic recorded a triple-double while scoring 40 or more points? First correct answer on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 
970-242-1340. Of it's the number game. Answer is always a number. So if you text in Nikola Jokic, you're going to be wrong. That, we're not there yet. So we got some of those every once in a while that come wandering in on the text line. And so I know some people kind of catch it halfway through or they're not really paying it. Monday is always the number game. So the answer is going to be a number, and the first correct one gets a case of Coors Original, and maybe we'll know who it is after the break. Nice. We'll take a break, come back with more Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network, Colorado Sports Leader. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the team. Welcome back from the, to the Jim Davis Show. Welcome back from break. It's a BTV edition, Buckeye and Baked Goods. A little uh, Draymond and Disturb right there, huh? Yes. Look at that. Even hit the post. Uh, land of confusion, the old uh, Phil Collins cover, yes? Yes. Yeah, nailed it. Good rock cover. That's a good rock metal cover. It is. And uh, that one's really good. Uh, I know he's been in the news for a lot of... Very, very bad reasons recently. Marilyn Manson's cover of uh, all these uh, sweet dreams are made of these. Oh, yeah. The, that's pretty good. Of course, Metallica's got some good covers. Uh, and there's other people that have very good covers of Metallica. Yes, that's true. And um, I know I know we don't really talk about them a whole lot because they're thrash metal, but they're kind of a lesser known. Death Angel does a cover of Heaven and Hell, which is just killer. The Sabbath song with Dio. Huh. Great song on its own right, but Death Angel, uh, Mark Osawato, the singer, has a voice that is not Dio, but could hang. It's really good, I think. It's a great cover. Huh. And um, Faith No More's cover of War Pig, speaking of Sabbath covers, is also fantastic. Did we get a winner for the number game? We did. Yeah, all right. <laughs> And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. So our question was, how many times has Nikola Jokic recorded a triple-double scoring 40 or more? The answer, five times, twice against the Clippers, including last night. Nice. Uh, Haas correctly uh, answering five times, so he gets some... I am the smartest man alive! He gets some brewskis today, so congratulations, Mr. Haas. I am smart. I am Yes, congratulations to Haas. Five times with the 40-point triple-double for Nikola Jokic. And again, just to add the icing on the cake, mm-hmm. it's happened twice against the Clippers. And actually, the first time... Two he, out of five times. The, the first time he did it was against the Clippers back in January of 2022. Then he did it again against the Pelicans a couple months later. Uh, Washington, or no, sorry, Charlotte, Phoenix, and then the Clippers again. Nice. So there you go. Major League Baseball coming up today on the Team Sports Network. Rockies taking on the Oakland A's in Cactus League play. And ESPN put out a list of the most intriguing player from all 30 MLB teams. And I would read you what they wrote, but I have forgot my ESPN Plus password, and I'm signed out over here. Oh, no. But I know who the player was. For the you Rockies? Mi- yes. You might be surprised Wait. on who the player was. Can I guess? 
Uh, you can go ahead and guess. Yes, is it Chris Bryant? It is Chris Bryant. Yes, yeah. he still plays for the Colorado Rockies. Allegedly, when he's not hurt, plays. when he's not hurt, he of the forty-two games last year, which means he only missed one hundred and twenty. He only played one hundred and eight fewer games than the supposedly ancient need C.J. Crone. Great. But, Chris, I mean, the numbers across 42 games aren't awful. They're just not what you would expect for somebody with his contract. Right. Now, take those 42 games times your your numbers by essentially four because he only played a quarter of the season. 20 home runs, which not bad. 56 RBIs, that's not great. No. But he hit 306. Had 475 slugging. His OPS plus is 127. I like OPS plus because it's park adjusted. One and two kind of gives you an idea of where he is at. When the average player in Major League Baseball, OPS plus is 100. So he's 27% better than average when he actually plays. That's the problem. Is you have to put in when he actually plays. He has to be on the field. He in has order to be for him. on the field to be twenty seven percent better than the average major league baseball player. I don't know if this would be something either you or I could look up, but but do we have the Rockies record win loss when he was on the field out of those forty two games? Cause cause that's the difference maker. Mm-hmm. If he's on the field and the team is winning, there's your answer. For the question of is Chris Bryant quote unquote worth it, you know? Yeah, uh, I'm looking for the the numbers when you might be able to look that up faster than I am. Yeah, I'll, I'll... Um, but Chris Bryant, Rookie of the Year in 2015, MVP in 2016 when the Cubs won the World Series. Career 279 hitter, hit 306 last year. It's a lot better than his career average. He's a 132 OPS plus. He was at 127 last year. So if he can play, if he plays, if he's on the field, I'm 100% behind the writer that he's the most intriguing player for the Rockies because he can do a lot of different things. He's decent, question mark, outfielder. And he's going to be a good offensive presence. Now, is he going to be able to play 120-plus games? Right. I don't really know. I have no idea what that's going to look like, what his numbers are going to look like when it comes to games played. Were you able to find a win-loss record with Chris Bryant? Well, so I found the wins and losses, but they they are not fully tabulated. So I have to do the math on my own, which... God knows, could take forever. Yeah, let me let me see what I the, have. Like, oh, I, they were twenty and twenty-two. I I found it. Okay, well, so there you go. So they were twenty and twenty-two with him in the lineup. He did not play past essentially the trade deadline, July thirty-first. Yeah. So, like, they, I don't know, I don't know what they're gonna get out of him when it comes to games played this season. He didn't have an RBI. In his last six games, he only had 14 on the entire season. He had more walks than RBI with 17. I just I don't know what you're going to get out of Chris Bryant. 
I don't even know what you're expecting. What's the expectation out of Chris Bryant this year for the Rockies? 100 games? 80 games? I'm See, talking just I mean, games played. I mean, even 80 games, you're going, geez, for that much money, you're only playing half the season. Like, And that's the thing, too, right? Because he played barely half that it, this yeah. season. He played just a smidge, just an nth, over 25% of the games. The Rockies were eh, right around 500. You know, so what if you extrapolate? If he plays all 162, what? Do they go 78 and 84? Which would be... That's overachieving. For Rocky standards. For for what they're expected to do. I think Pakoda has them in the 60, mid-60s. You know, if they go two games under 500 every 40, they're going to finish, what, 78, 84, something right around there? 76 and 86, something like that? Just kind of doing quick math in my head. So the the you talk about overachieving their projected win total this is according to sportingnews.com mm-hmm. projected over under win total 65 and a half for Colorado yeah so I'm, I mean if Pakota has them projected at 64 and a half as the second worst team in the National League and the third worst team in Major League Baseball. Which, there you go. They have them at, so rounding up on the wins, and so down on the loss, 65 and 97. Now, Chris Bryant in there all season, does he count for 12 more wins? I don't know. But if these are projections with Chris Bryant in there all season, that's not good. It's not. This team's not going to be very good, unfortunately. But hopefully they'll be able to drive in a lot of runs and they'll at least be fun to watch when they may not win. I have another question. I know we have some big baseball fans in the pile. Paul, obviously. Um, anybody care about the uh, World Baseball Classic coming up starting next weekend? I know there. there's... I, I, I've seen it pop up on social media the excitement for it but it also I don't want to say it's niche because it's you know it's the world baseball classic Mm -hmm. but I think with everything else going on right now spring training you know you got college baseball seasons underway it does seem like it kind of gets a little little lost in the shuffle yeah I will ask you moi do you know who won the last World Baseball Classic six years ago now? Thanks, COVID. I am just gonna throw out. I don't. I don't. First time they ever won. First time they ever won out of the four. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna just throw out a guess and say it was a Latin American uh, nation. You would be incorrect. So there There's you go. A big hairy American winning machine. The United States of America. That. Tracks. They beat Puerto Rico 8-zip. Japan won the first two. Uh, the DR won in 2013. And then the United States won in 2017. United States with uh, two top four. F- so twice been in the semifinals. 
Japan's been in the semifinals every single year. The uh, runner-up third place and fourth place, the last two World Baseball Classics are the same team. Puerto Rico runner-up, Japan third place, and my people, the Netherlands, (laughs) as your fourth place team. But thanks to the Netherlands Antilles, (laughs) the Dutch Antilles, Curacao and all the like, Right. For providing some fantastic baseball players like Andrelton Simmons and Andrew Jones and things like that over the last few years. So, World Baseball Classic gets underway coming up at uh, some point next month. Uh, Early next month, I think the 9th is when it all gets started. So, I'll take your word for it. Do you get excited, get fired up? If you're a baseball fan, do you care? That's a good question. Do you even give a you-know-what? March 8th, Cuba against the Netherlands from Taichung Stadium in uh, Taiwan is when that gets started. March the 8th, the, the Pool C and Pool D, which are played here in the United States, Pool C at Chase Field starts March 11th, and Lone Depot Park in Miami, Pool D, also starts March 11th. So you care about the World Baseball Classic at all? Anybody in the pile give a give a care about the World Baseball Classic? I'm a huge baseball fan. I kind of off your radar. It's like when I watch a finals between teams I don't really have a rooting interest against. Like this past Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I don't really have a rooting interest either way. I just it's one of those. I hope everybody has fun. Right? I, I felt the same way about the World Cup. For me, World Baseball Classic is don't get any of my Guardians hurt. Right. That's all. Don't get it. And there's a few Rockies players that are playing. Yeah, there's it. Rockies too. And that's me as a Guardians fan, but as a Rockies fan also, don't get any Rockies hurt. I think Kyle Freeland's on Team USA. Some guys are floating around other teams. Don't get anybody hurt. I don't want I, – I hope Chris Bryan isn't playing. Because I don't think he is. That'll be ten of his forty-two games, right? That's not good. Just gone. That's not what we want. They don't even count. I see Chris Bryant. Oh, he came in and played left field in the seventh inning against you know the the, you Bolivian team or whatever, and he sprained his hip flexor. It's like, oh man, here we go again. Here we go. I don't even know who the pool is for the United States. Let me let me look before I just start talking out of my you know what. Right. Okay, so playing Team Mexico. That should be a win. Uh that is uh oh we'll go in order here. Here we go. Playing Team Great Britain March the eleventh win. Uh playing Team Mexico March the twelfth win. Playing Team Canada A March the thirteenth, that's a win. Then they wrap up Pool C play March fifteenth against Colombia. They might take an L there. I was going to say. But I think they're getting through to the quarterfinals out of Pool C. So there's your World Baseball Classic update. I know you guys are locked on the radio, so we'll give you updates as they happen <laughs> when the World Baseball Classic. In real time. In real time. That's good. good big guy voice. Big voice guy. Thank voice you. There. That was well done. Uh, also, by the way, I feel like I should say this. I give you a whole lot of crap about a wide variety of things, but I've been out a, a lot couple, of it earned. A lot of it earned. I've been out a couple times when you do the PA for CMU basketball, and it it's killer. You do a good job. Thank you. I appreciate so, it. Yes, absolutely. And then I will continue 
back into the making fun of you for random things at a later date. Now it is time for the old uh, good call, bad call. Was that a good call or did they totally blow it? It's good call or bad call. Good call or bad call brought to you by uh, Brown's Cremation. It's a good call to call Kevin at Brown's Cremation uh, for all of your funeral needs. Untimely. You're not always ready, not always prepared. You can take some of the load off your family by placing a good call to Brown's Cremation to get your uh, you know, service essentially taken care of and not have to leave it up to your family, who is also then now grieving your loss. A bad call is not doing any of that. That would be the bad call. Good call, bad call. Some broadcasts are adding the new pitch clock to the score bug. I've seen this, and it kind of looks like the shot clock on your little score box down there. I think that's a good call because not all of them are going to have the clock behind the plate where you can see it from the center field camera. I think it's a good call to add it, especially since it's new. Yeah, I agree, and I I saw someone say that it was kind of anxiety-inducing. Like uh, it's, It's like you know, watching the, you know, the movie where the bomb's about to go off every single at bat or something. It's like, these are people that don't watch basketball, apparently. Apparently not. And I, so yeah, I think it's a good call. I think it's a good call. Uh, I think it's a bad call. Nuggets fans booing Bones Highland after the first time. Do it the first time. And it's totally, you know, warranted and fine. They were booing him the whole game. And it was like intense the whole game. See, I'm okay with that way, right? Because there's, other than him being on another team, there's not really a huge reason to boo him. I mean, unless you're a big Jamal Murray fan, but I mean, come on. He came back, he, he got the ovation the first time around, and now it's basketball. Because you're a road player at Ball Arena, you're going to get booed, especially since they now know you. Right. I mean, I would be more awkward if they cheered him every time he made a bucket for a team that doesn't play there. Oh, and I and right. I I would hundred percent agree. I, and I don't think it would have they would have done that anyway. Mm-hmm. But to just sort of, I mean, every time it seemed like at least yeah. every time he held the ball, they were going boo boo. Now, in the interest of complete and total fairness, at the end of the game, it seemed like he was talking with old Nuggets teammates and. Hugs around, and mm-hmm. you know they were making up. And so then, okay, I think we can move officially and 100 percent move on from all the bones Island. Stuff. I'm totally fine with booing in deserved situations. And if you're on the opposing team, you're going to get booed. Oh yeah. Now, if there was no cheer at all, no ovation, then it's like, come on, guys, you know, bygones be bygones. Let's let's cheer them once, and then boo them the rest of the way. At that point, I'm fine with that. Because that's kind of all part of the fun. So, fair. I don't know. That's good call, bad call. Brought to you by Brown's Cremation. We'll take a break. Come back. Our Mighty Mavs and Prep Stars on the other side of a commercial break. It's the Jim Davis Show. Get your good, bad, the ugly in. And, uh, you know, if you got a Prep Star or a Mighty Mav, text it in as well. Chick fil A Breakfast Team phone line 970-242-1340. You are listening to the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Welcome back to the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye Boy and Baked Goods with you here on a Monday edition, a B-Team edition 
Eight o'clock hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. Preston Lee believes in building relationships, supporting communities, serving others. Have a chat. Let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. And it is time for Prep Stars and Mighty Mavs. Let's start with the Prep Stars. It's time to let the stars shine. It's Prep Stars on the Jim Davis Show. I'll start with the boys. I'm giving it to the entirety of the Debeck Dragons boys basketball team. They are 1A District 1 champs as the three seed. They opened up the championship game against Dove Creek by outscoring Dove Creek 24-3 in the first quarter. Not Yikes. bad. And then they cruise to victory. And uh, on the girls' side, Delta uh, Tatum-Miller, 17 points in round one, which they won by a million points. Yeah. And then 18 points in round two, which they won by damn near 40, 50 points. Average, average 46-point victories for the first two rounds. For the Panthers, they get top seed Holy Family coming up on Friday night. Your prep star. Prep boy for this week, I'm going with Cedar Ridge Boys basketball. Luke Maxey, 23 points, including three straight threes towards the end to win 56-34 in their 3A tournament win against Roaring Fork. And my prep girl for this week, North Fork, Peyton Carver, 20 points, five boards, four assists in North Fork's win over Grand Valley in the 3A girls tournament. Nice. Now it is time for our Mighty Mavs. The best of CMU sports. It's Mighty Mavs on the Jim Davis Show. I am going to start with my Lady Mav, Miranda Pruitt. Saturday against uh, Black Hill State in the first game that the Mavs won 10-1. to She went two for two, three runs scored, five RBI. Top or bottom second, two-run dinger. Bottom fourth, three-run dinger. <laughs> Mavs win via the run rule by a score of 10-1 to one in the first game. And then for my men, I'm going to Cannon Handy. The only win the Mavericks had over the weekend at Northwest Nazarene was an 8-1 winner the first game of the doubleheader on Friday against the Nighthawks. Cannon Handy, six innings, four hits, one run. It was earned. 13 strikeouts. Nice. 13 of the 18 outs recorded via the strikeout. He gets his first win. The Mavericks uh, lose three out of four on the series. They are six and five. For my Mighty Mavs, for the women, I'm going to track star Jordan Burnett, registered freshman, breaking her own school records. Two individual titles at the RMAC Championships for women's track and field. And for the men, Trevor Baskin, 28 points against Western for a career total of 999. And to top it off, the Sports Information Department dug up what is perhaps the greatest photo of Trevor Baskin. Did you see it? No, I didn't. So, in the celebration of winning a share of the RMAC regular season title, they put Trevor Baskin, and it's a professional photo, but it's of him doing like, he's, I can't even, I'll have to just pop it on my screen over here, but it's kind of like how teen pop stars in the 90s, their album covers were them, like, 
laying down looking like all cute. Oh, yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Oh, is that the one with the the basketball propped up in his feet? Yes. It behind, yeah, he's got the laying down a la, you know, like Tiffany or Britney Spears type, laying down with the, the fists and the cheeks on the yeah. fist, and he's got his feet behind him, crossed, up, bent at the knee, and the basketball resting in between the sneakers, the heels of the sneakers, which uh, has kind of the pink trim on them. It's it's a hilarious what's, photo. What's even better is he retweeted it and said, "Yeah, I did not think this photo would see the light of day, but go maps." Nope. Anytime that thing clicks, you have to assume somebody else is going to see that picture. And there is no such thing as no one's ever going to see this. And if pa- it's you're somebody's going to see it. Paxton Richley of the CMU SID Sports Information Department. He he had that photo and he used it. Absolutely great work. That's on the Mavericks Twitter feed. That's also now uh, Trevor Baskin's Twitter feed, too, because not only did it see the light of day, Trevor retweeted it himself. Uh, Waylon on the text line, one of Miranda Pruitt's home runs landed on the baseball field. <laughs> you you know, if you uh, hit it onto a field that's not the sport you're playing in, you've done something. You get a slam a lama ding dong. Absolutely slam a lama. Uh, ding dong. We got Cranked. a good, the bad, and the ugly on the text line from Dylan. We were talking about covers a little bit ago, and Steve says Mar- Madonna's American Pie cover is Ooh. cringe. Ooh. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Uh, that's uh, awful. Kelly Osbourne's cover of Papa Don't Preach. Not a bad version from Madonna, speaking of Ozzy and things like that. Hour three coming up, nine o'clock on the Jim Davis Show, B Team Edition on your Monday.